Good morning. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to my podcast. This is Saturday, January 23rd. Lots to talk about, a lot of great stuff. And uh, let's get right into it. Uh, number one, Bitcoin, $500,000. I'll give you the rationale for that. That isn't mine, but I'll, I'll explain that. SPAC mania, should you catch it? Uh, we'll respond to, uh, to some great questions. And uh, a Facebook breakup. And uh, uh, a lot of interesting things to discuss there as well. Real quickly, why I do this. Uh, Bobby and Jack, my sons, they're in their 20s. Uh, they, especially when they were in college, would ask me uh, uh, questions, have their friends ask questions as they were doing projects or, or going to an interview or what have you. I've been doing this for 30 years, and so I think I have some wisdom. And uh, I invite you to listen in. So I hope this adds value and, and tell me how I can improve. Uh, number one, I went through the 87 crash uh, as a stockbroker, and that sent me on my journey. I've, uh, I've studied uh, at least 1,000 books. And I was drawn to technical analysis because that worked for the, most people in 87 versus the fundamentals. It's not right or wrong. It just works for me. Technical analysis first, fundamentals second. It certainly helps with prioritizing at least. Uh, I read the Wall Street Journal, The Economist, Barron's newsletters, listen to countless podcasts, uh, and monitor what my Google alerts are bringing in. And I point you to them, and you can do your own work, and I want you to do your own work. But if you don't want to do it, please know that I'll do it for you. I eat home cooking. I have no conflicts. I just talk about the things that interest me and and uh, and interest you, frankly, and what I invest in. So disclaimer, this is not investment advice. Uh, please conduct and share your own due diligence. Uh, I envision this becoming a community where we're firing ideas all over the place, maybe in Slack groups and what and what have you, and and, and having all of our Robinhood and Fidelity and et cetera accounts uh, benefiting from the the collective wisdom that we we all bring to the table. And uh, so here's fan mail. And uh, Mike, we had a great week for fan mail. A lot of new interest. And, um, uh, you know, I'm grateful and please keep them coming. Uh, this is great. This is from my son, Jack. Uh, what are SPACs? Special Purpose Acquisition Companies. They are also known as blank check companies. That is uh, uh, usually used in a, in a derogatory fashion. Uh, they have not had a, a fabulous uh, uh, history. Uh, but what do they do? They buy, uh, uh, they go public and they uh, raise money, put it into cash, and then they go out for two years to buy a private company and, and make them uh, instantly public. And why are they so popular? Well, uh, put it in context, in 2020, 247 SPACs raised $83 billion. In the last two years, they've raised more money than they have in the prior 18. And why? Low interest rates. Uh, it's a bull market, and so there's an appetite for risk. People are more are, are more trusting of, of giving money to a Bill Ackman or a Chamath Palahapatia to to uh, uh, go hunt for what they see as as, as great private uh, companies, unicorns, what have you. And for the targets, the companies, it's easier than going uh, going through an IPO process where you would hire Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs or both. And they would go to T. Rowe Price and Fidelity, and you'd go tell the story. They'd put a book together, so to speak. They'd buy the shares from the company, mark them up, and, and, and sell them to, to the public. Uh, Time-consuming, expensive, 
and uh, and frankly, you have to. Uh, there's less disclosure with the SPAC uh, structure, which is a criticism from many people. But I think you know all our eyes are wide open as to uh, uh, you know how this works. Uh, the other driver here is IPOs getting mispriced. I mean, Lemonade went up 139% in a day. Agora up 150% in a day. That's led people like Bill Gurley at Benchmark to say, this is crazy. You're costing our companies hundreds of millions of dollars. Now, no one's crying for Benchmark and the other VCs or these companies, but it, it, it still shows that, that getting to a reasonable price in a traditional IPO process is not happening too much. Uh, Jack asked about the long-term outlook. Uh, I'll give you the, 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 uh, what's happened in the past. From 2015 to 2020, the SPAC IPOs have underperformed once they found a target. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, beware. Now, that's the past. What about the future? I think it depends on the sponsor, their incentives, what's their skin in the game. And that's easily, you know, found out by looking at whatever the SPAC documents are. But uh, you want people that have good reputations, uh, have their own money on the line, and are, uh, uh, after they do the IP, the SPAC IPO, they have reasons to, to generate performance for you, the shareholder. Uh, there's a lot of SPACs chasing deals. Uh, uh, valuations everywhere are elevated. And when you have Shaq and Billy Bean from Moneyball out there with, a, with a, other SPACs uh, trying to find deals, it has to push prices up. And at some point, I think that's going to be it's going to be difficult to to uh, to perform. But we'll find out. They have two years to give the cash back. I haven't found an instance where that's happened because there's such incentives to to put the money to work. But let's use an example. And, and Jack, I know you you mentioned Chamath and 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 SoFi. Uh, I too am pretty impressed with with SoFi, the company. Uh, Chamath's uh, social capital uh, SPAC uh, uh, just acquired SoFi to get them public. Full disclosure: I have not studied the financials. Uh, so uh, if you're interested, investigate the EBITDA multiples and what have you. I have not done that. But uh, the stock went from uh, uh, 10 to 21 on the news that uh, this was a target for uh, Chamath. Again, he has a very good reputation. Uh, SoFi's disrupting position I agree with uh, as, as uh, uh, they make refinancing student loans and what have you a lot easier. And, uh, you know, so I think it has some merit. Now... Uh, I also put up the chart of Nikola NKLA. Now this is a this is a fiasco that uh, uh, you know went from uh, ten to to ninety to twenty uh, in a fairly short period of time. So uh, the SPAC structure has drawbacks that I hope I've highlighted, and I want you. And if you have other ones specifically that you want me to look at, I'm happy to do so. But that's my my my. Um, uh, my story, my take is study the sponsors, make sure their their incentives are are, are helpful to you uh, first, and then wait for a deal. Examine the numbers once the deal is announced, and then invest if you like the the, the spec after the pop. And uh, all right, next, uh, a friend of mine wanted to keep this anonymous, and so I'll I'll do that, and I'll do that for any of you. If you have a question that you, you know you might be embarrassed to ask that you think everybody knows, I doubt they do. 
but um, uh, asked me to 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 look at uh, two holdings, uh, the bulk of the holdings in his in his company's retirement account. And frankly, he said, I haven't looked at him in a long time. And I think that's probably good in this case. This is the Fidelity Freedom uh, Target Fund 2030 and 2040, respectively. And what it, what these do and what most target funds do is they set an asset allocation for when you would first invest in it. And then it dials down the risk as you get older and closer to retirement by you know, selling some equities and buying some, some bonds. And I think it makes sense. Uh, uh, I think this obviously has has made you money, perform very, very well. Uh, it hasn't beat the S&P 500, and I think I know why. It's uh, roughly a third in, in the S&P 500, U.S. stocks, uh, a third in bonds, and a third in international. And the international has not kept up because they don't have the technology exposure that the U.S. market does. But that could change in, in the next 10 to 20 years. And you, I think being diversified the way you are and letting it ride is uh, it just makes all the sense in the world. Don't worry about it and uh, uh, keep going. Keep going, I guess, is the, is the, is the bottom line. So uh, here's my take. That's a great approach. Uh, stay the course. It's tax deferred. So it grows tax free until you take the money out. Uh, uh, you know, max whatever you put in, max what the company will match. And I like the international exposure. I think that makes sense. And uh, what I would propose is that's the, you know, maybe the base, but then add, you know, our thoughts on top, or at least research our thoughts and add the bakes takes themes uh, on top as, as, uh, as ways to generate additional alpha, I hope. And I hope that helps. Uh, John, uh, welcome, new listener, new subscriber. Uh, congratulations on your engagement, by the way. I think that's fantastic. I hope you two have a phenomenal time. Uh, and he asked about Facebook and asked about, he had a lot of fundamental thoughts on Facebook and asked for my technical thoughts. And of course, I can't help myself. I'm going to go into uh, uh, the, the, uh, all the above. Uh, first, on the 14th of this month, it broke the 200-day moving average. And I know I talk about this all the time, but I'll tell you why uh, a little bit along in the show. Uh, hit 245, 66% above average volume. It's not huge, but it's worrying. It looks like it's rolling over. Normally, I would sell a third and lock in a big gain. Um, but uh, I'll go through the rest of the email, and then we'll talk about, about how to sell stocks uh, further on down the road. As you point out, there's $56 billion in cash. Uh, that's 19 uh, plus bucks a share. Uh, you take it out of the, the overall price of 274, you come down to 254, you, you know, backing out the cash that's called, right? And then uh, the consensus earnings number is 1048 for next year. So it's a 24 price earnings ratio or PE. I agree. It's okay. Not great, not cheap. But I, I think it's it's reasonably reasonably valued given what's going on. Uh, the balance sheet, yep, there's 11 billion dollars in long-term debt, which roughly equals their free cash flow. So not a problem. I agree that leverage isn't an issue. Top-line growth of 25% for five years. Again, think that's uh, 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 terrific. Uh, I when you go to the show notes, I've, I've got uh, uh, or you're seeing this on YouTube. 
after the chart, one of the first things I do when I'm asked something like this or I'm interested in something, I put the symbol into Yahoo Finance and then I hit the statistics tab and it just gives you a really great snapshot of valuation and the balance sheet and cash flows and what have you. And I find it, you know, really helpful. And if you have further questions on this, uh, I'd love to you know, delve into this more in, uh, in, in future episodes. But um, keep going up to, yeah, okay. We, we discussed a lot of the things about, about the, the valuation and, and uh, balance sheet and debt and what have you. And what, what, here's another thing I look at is the short ratio. How much is the stock short uh, and how many days would it take to cover? In this case, it's 1.4. You know, so th- my general thoughts are you're not going to have a short squeeze like you're seeing in GameStop right now, for example, which is going vertical. It's already 80% owned by institutions. It's already in all the index funds. Uh, it's covered by analysts that, that you know, know it inside and out, and everybody knows it inside and out. Who's the incremental buyer? How are you going to find you know, meaningful new demand for shares to make the multiple expand? I, I, you know, I think it's okay. I just i am not thrilled about it. Now, Here's the, the, the uh, obviously Facebook is in a, in a very controversial world. Uh, the, the calls for them to be broken up are growing by the day. You have AGs, uh, attorneys generals around the country who want to become governors and are, are actively pursuing all sorts of charges against them. And the, uh, and I, 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 I mentioned Scott Galloway in the past. He's been talking for the last three years about breaking up a lot of these tech companies, in particular Facebook. The twist is he thinks the stock goes up if the company's broken up. For example, WhatsApp, What would, uh, uh, if it was outside of Facebook, could they make life miserable for Zoom by beefing up their, their, their video capabilities, for example? And you can argue that Facebook bought it just so they took out a competitor, and that's the reason for the antitrust actions. So uh, watch the news on, on the breakup front and, and, and see how the stock acts. I tend to agree with Scott in this case. And by the way, uh, Prof G is his podcast. He's on Pivot. He's got a newsletter. I recommend them all. Very, very thoughtful. And he's all over this anti, antitrust issue. So here's my take. Valuation's okay. Advertisers love them. Many other people hate them. I mean, viscerally, violently, they are, are, are uh, uh, not popular. I question is if a breakup is assumed. I don't know what's baked into the stock for that. Uh, and I you know, encourage you to give that some consideration. Uh, I agree with you that the sum of the parts is likely greater. Full disclosure, I have not torn apart the financials and, and done that analysis, but it, it, it makes some, some intuitive sense to me. Uh, I, I would hold for now. That would be, be my thought. If I, if I owned it, I don't. Um, and a break of 250 on big volume is going to be a problem. Also, they announced earnings in four days. So, so you know, be on your toes for the next four days to see, number one, what the numbers are, and then what the guidance is, and then what the reaction to all of that is. And certainly if they talk about the breakup issue, I can't imagine they'd say anything too substantive given all the lawyers that I'm sure surround Zuckerberg off camera. 
So there we go. Now, I thought it'd be a good time again to review how to sell stocks given all of this. So uh, I pulled up my example again. I used to use Cisco because uh, this, this discipline worked really well uh, in the, the, the dot-com bubble as it burst. And I presented to you a new with a new example. Now, on the fundamental side, I've always recommended uh, and have done this in prior shows, have five to ten reasons why you own a stock. Put them in a notebook like this so you keep yourself honest and you can go back and, and check your, do postmortems and check mistakes and what have you. But if you have five to ten reasons why you you bought a stock and and two or three of them are deteriorating noticeably, then I would consider getting out of, of, of the name. To help with timing, I use this technical tool that Bill O'Neill has, has, has uh, written about in the books we talked about last week, whereby if the stock closes below the 200-day moving average, it's a little tough to see here on the chart, but I've got an arrow there for, to approximate it. When, when, this, is, this is interesting. This is Royal Caribbean. Uh, this is, the, the, the arrow is on February, so COVID was hardly in the news at that point in time. So here's Royal Caribbean, the cruise line, and it closes below the 200-day at 111. The 200-day the was at 117. This is the 6th of, of, uh, of February. And uh, there was, again, they, they weren't certainly talking about COVID on their conference calls or anything. And then three months later, the stock's at 19, down 82%. So you could have uh, uh, preserved a lot of money by this simple, simple, simple sell discipline. And then it's bounced, but you're still down 36% from that point. So uh, please pass this along. I think this is worth the price of the podcast right now, how to sell stocks. Everybody and his brother tells you how to buy them. This is how to sell them. And I think it adds value. I hope it does. John, Tim Ferriss, uh, yeah, I know you mentioned this on your last podcast. Uh, I hope you're listening and I, I hope this helps you. My themes and groups. Okay, first of Bitcoin. Uh, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC, is the vehicle that I use. And this is a response to a reporter that reached out to me this past week. And it was, it was a good exercise for me. Uh, they were asking, well, you know, why is Bitcoin down? And I say, well, because it's up. Uh, it's, it's gone from, in this case, for the GBTC, bought it at 15 in October, went to 48, up 220%. In, in three months. So, you know, that doesn't happen too often. And and, and uh, correcting and retracing that is is to be expected. The pullback to this level is about a one-third retracement. That's standard stuff. Standard stuff, especially for a big move like that. Uh, it's a new tax year. So if you sold, if you, you got, everybody's got big gains. So they sell it and, and the tax is, is, is payable next year. April 15th of, of 2022. So that's part of it. Uh, Janet Yellen made some regulatory noise recently. That uh, brought it down. And a lot of skeptics are calling this a bubble. I disagree. But some well-known people are, are using that word and tossing it around. And so, you know, it pulls back. My guess is that we stop at around the 50-day moving average and support at 27.59 if we get there. If we get there. Again, it's a guess, and it's a rule of thumb, nothing hard and fast. Another thing to consider, and we talked about this last week, 
Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy, who's now invested a billion dollars of his corporate cash, treasury cash, in Bitcoin and is teaching a course to his peers February 3rd and 4th next week. And I, I bet every CFO worth his salt is going to be on that call, and I'll be astonished if it doesn't generate a wave of fresh buying in, in, in ensuing months. And I've got the LinkedIn uh, 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 link uh, in the show notes if you want to go to that and you have interest. Uh, next, uranium. Uh, my favorite, obviously, is the North Shore Global Uranium Trust, URNM. And I did this because I uh, like to keep my feet to the fire and also wanted to look over year-over-year change. So this is the uranium miners, not the commodity itself, but it's up 40% since I bought it. And it's up 73% year over year. We, we started the, the, the portfolio in the second half of the year. And, uh, you know, up 73% is a pretty big move in any commodity. And I think the uranium story just gets better. More on that later. Next one is copper, COPX, the Global X Copper ETF. That's up 10% plus since we bought it. It's up 65% year over year. And so here's my take. Bitcoin, I'm still bullish. Be on your toes for 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 news that can you know make this this big uh, uh, you know triple uh, correct itself. Uranium, the story keeps getting better and better. Cannabis, gaming and esports, like them still. Copper, bullish. Uh, agriculture, I like. Inflation is going to be an issue. That's why I looked at this. Is that I was seeing you know CPI at one point four. Where's the inflation? It's going to show up at some point, folks, because I'm looking at at too many, uh, uh, even oil is starting to perk up. It's got to show up in, in in the inflation numbers at some point. Silver's not acting that great. It's on a very short leash for me. Uh, it is starting to act like gold is almost contrary to Bitcoin. On the updates for Bitcoin, the precious metals are are, are down and vice versa. So I'm, I'm watching that closely. But again, I think, the, the, by and large, my theses are, are, are still very much intact. Podcast of the week. This is the uh, Business Casual podcast. Kinsey Grant is the host. Had the Winklevoss trend or the Winklevi. Um, they are, uh, you know, portrayed as the evil twins uh, in in social net, the Social Network movie. They very famously sued Zuckerberg and extracted cash and, and stock. From him, they uh, accused him of, of stealing the Facebook idea, uh, and they pivoted into Bitcoin famously and very successfully. And they owned the Gemini uh, companies, and they came up with a five hundred thousand dollar target for Bitcoin. Right now, it's at forty, forty thousand. The logic they use is is pretty simple, and I present it to you to do with you you do with it what you will. The market cap of gold above the ground is $9 trillion. There's going to be $20 million Bitcoins maximum by the, by the nature of the technology. And you just do the, the division, and it's $428,000. And he rounds up, and I do, to get a big sexy number of half a million dollars. So a 10-bagger plus from here. Don't know if that's going to happen. Don't know when it's going to happen. And oh, by the way, gold can go down too. So this math might... might the, the the equation might work, but the um, uh, uh, you know the the 
the numbers can move around pretty substantially. But that's the, the rationale, and it makes intuitive sense if you think it's liquid gold, which is what many people are presenting it uh, as. I'm going to check out the Gemini card, and I recommend you do too. Uh, they uh, mentioned this in the interview, and it's a credit card where the rewards are Bitcoin uh, versus airline miles. And I would rather have Bitcoin than airline miles, to put it mildly. So I'm going to check it out. I don't have one right now, but uh, do your own due diligence, and I'll do mine. And uh, Business Casual, again, is the next podcast. Uh, uh, Pomp, Anthony Pompliano, who's, a, who's an authority on Bitcoin, uh, was on. And I recommend you go to the, the whole art. The whole interview is terrific. But the last three minutes really answer the should you invest in Bitcoin question. I hope I've answered that elegantly, but he does as well. And, and here you go. Cautionary tale is uh, Tim Ferriss, the next uh, podcast. And he had Kevin Rose on, and in around 29 minutes, he talks about Tether. Now, this gets a little in the weeds and wonky, so bear with me. But Tether is a stable cryptocurrency where it's tied to a, uh, a fiat uh, asset like the dollar. And so the example he uses that if you wanted to send someone $1,000 in, uh, in Venezuela, um, and you wanted to make sure it wasn't 920, you would use Tether to get that money to them. You would transfer the, 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 the crypto Tether uh, in, in, that, in that situation. Now, there's, they're being investigated. There's some controversy that they don't have the reserves to maintain the stability of the currency and that they're taking, uh, uh, taking in dollars and, 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 and buying Bitcoin and artificially propping up the price. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, uh, I just want you alert so that if you see that headline, you don't, uh, uh, you know, that you're prepared for it. Uh, in Kevin's word, it could be a shit show for a few days for Bitcoin. And I agree with that. I think that's going to be short term, but I want you to know of that out there uh, so that you're not blindsided. And at 53 minutes, Tim talks about, you know, he has a hard time finding uh, selling stocks. And I hope that I uh, helped him with the, the, the how to sell portion of the show that we went through. So, um, reporters of the week. Uh, this is from Market Watch. This is uh, Mark DeCambra. And uh, BlackRock, the largest, one of the largest asset managers on the planet, is uh, asking for approval for two of their big funds to invest in Bitcoin. So, it seems like every week... We get on the show, and there's another uh, uh, institutional buying story of Bitcoin that uh, that we reveal. So, um, again, Bitcoin was down this past week. This is my take on regulatory concerns. I doubt it lasts, and I think buyers are lining up, and uh, we're going to watch all that. Uh, charts and tweets of the week. This is Jim Bianco, very good guy, very bright, focuses more on the bond side, but here he's... Uh, pointing out the CRB Raw Industrial Spot Index. I urge you to go to the YouTube channel so you can see the visuals and the charts. This is clearly breaking a downtrend line that happened from the financial crisis. Uh, and a lot of commodities are exhibiting this. This is copper and, and uh, uh, other industrial commodities. And they are flat out going north. We've had 10 years of supply coming down. Uh, we have uh, demand picking up liquidity sloshing all over the world and it's going into uh, a lot of the dirty stuff as i call it like 
copper, and I want us to benefit from that. Newsletters of the week. The Bear Traps report is fantastic. I recommend it. Uh, and this is a chart of the of the the Nasdaq, the Qs, QQQ, the Nasdaq 100 ETF, which is uh, Microsoft, Amazon, and John. Facebook is number three. 4.26 percent of the index and what's happening here is that the 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 cues as they're called is hitting new highs and relative strength is waning and it's a divergence that uh, uh, that usually results in in uh, a reversal so not I don't know the order of magnitude of the reversal but it's something that I've noted and uh, uh, and I as we talked about Facebook, it made me draw my eyes to the cues and hence this chart. So just keep an eye open for that. Uh, again, the non-profitable technology index, Goldman Sachs. This is a uh, another chart that uh, Larry McDonald puts out, and it's a moonshot. And uh, it, it dovetails Murph into our discussion last week. The renewable energy names have been terrific, but they're extraordinarily stretched. Most of them are not making money. And uh, these parabolas that you see here in non-profitable companies are great while they're going on, but the corrections are hard and fast. And so if you're here, I want you to be having you know, some sell discipline. They're going to be way above the 200-day moving averages. So uh, just it's a sign of froth. It's a sign of excess. It's a sign of liquidity sloshing around. And uh, I just want you to be cautious because I don't want you to give the money back. I don't want you to give the money back. Um, That's just a cardinal sin. All right. Uh, Please subscribe to my Bakes Takes YouTube channel. The audio is the same, but the charts that I reference are on the screen. Please follow us on Twitter at Bakes Takes underscore and other social media. Please, please use your voice memo app. Uh, Tape your questions and email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write in if you prefer. I'll obviously keep you anonymous as I did for uh, uh, someone on this show. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Have a great week. This is Bakes. And uh, my Spotify workout list is getting thin. And so um, my two uh, pump-up songs are Thunderstruck by ACDC and The Real Me for The Who. I submit these for your, you know, for your inclusion. And uh, send me your favorite workout songs. I want to refresh my Spotify. I'd love your help. And for much-needed levity, and boy, do we need it, uh, Gary Goleman, fabulous stand-up comedian. Uh, this is JCC, Jewish Community Center Basketball. It is one of his funniest bits, and I recommend it highly. I'll see you next week. Take care. Bye now. Bye <laughs> now.